Hello and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I'm your host Brennan. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? Cowabunga! Oh man, that 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 was a white man's cowabunga. You did not sound like a teenage teenager at all. I'm sorry. I I practiced like all I was. There's this pond near my house, and I was sitting at it trying to find a frog or and turtles and amphibians to get in like the spirit animal sense of it, but they didn't mm. come probably because it's like a, it's a commercial pond. It's not really a natural pond. So there's probably like chlorine and shit in there. That's probably why they don't live there. That's, that's probably why they're not there. Yeah. They're, I mean, they don't like that. They don't like the chlorine. Who would it like to live in like four pond? hours to figure that out? <laughs> uh, well, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. We have yeah. uh, a new system set up. We've got, cameras on both sides we can see each other for like the first time since we live casted when i broke my femur and you came to my father-in-law's house last summer so this is cool yeah i haven't seen you in forever you you're you're looking good adam you look like you you haven't packed on 19 pounds during this covid 19 phase of our live the covid 19 oh that's great did you coin that or did you get that from someone well, everyone's like they're everyone's always saying like the 15, like 15 pounds, like you know, like the freshman 15 in college. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, but did yeah. you coin the COVID 19? Because that's I brilliant. I, I'm sure I, I'm not the first person to do that, but I think it's 19 pounds. It's either, you, it's either you're gaining 19 pounds during COVID or you're losing 19 pounds. Uh, for me, I've stayed the same. I've like haven't, I've just stayed level this whole whole time. So, yeah, I've, I've got, I'm, I'm in a good rhythm where I'm, I'm always kind of like fluctuating five pounds up, five pounds down. So I never like, mm -hmm. I never notice. Mm. Yeah. You just like cut out for a second. You I sound didn't say great. What's that? I didn't say anything. Oh, you didn't say anything. That's why you cut out. There was Perfect. just, I was waiting for you to talk. So there was silence. It was a silence. Well, today we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the video games, one and two. Ow and ow. Um, I am. I was very, we had a little bit of a miscommunication. I really thought we were just doing the the arcade version. And then I saw the show notes and it was like, it was all the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one that I played that was an impossible game to play, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about those games that were on Nintendo. And I'm, I don't know if they were on any other system, were they? They've been ported. Um, I think you can get them like on the Switch and stuff like that. Now I'm not positive, but. No, this was an NES. We're talking about the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES 1989 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part One. Ow! I remember that game too well. I don't, and I've probably played it way too much. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two, that's just a whole another level. The but, arcade, uh, the arcade version, and then it, and that was the one thing I didn't realize is that it was Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles Two, the arcade game and i didn't know it was a sequel to the first one um but uh where do we where are we gonna start adam we're starting at teenage ninja turtles one obviously and uh should we play the uh opening theme song opening hell, yeah. Th hell yeah we're gonna play the opening theme song Oh, that is such awesome music. Like I, we, I, Brennan and I both love like that eight bit 
style of music. And that brings up a good opportunity to plug the really cool and talented artist, Alan Skiff, that wrote the theme for Super 90s Brothers. Yeah. Th thank you, Alan, for writing the song. I, I don't think I've ever talked to him. I think I just stole it, but he he allows people to use it for free. So uh, thank you for letting us use the, the theme song. And yeah, I love I love old 90s video game music. It's like that 8-bit sound. Like it was very, it's lo-fi. It's very like, like sounds very computery. There's just nothing better than a good 90s Nintendo soundtrack. Totally. Um, so we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ow! And I thought real quick, we just go through a brief history of the Ninja Turtles. Um, mm. Brennan, Brennan, did you ever read the comic book? I did not. Okay. Did not well, ever read the comic book. I did. There were sometimes there were panels in newspapers, I feel like. But yeah, I never read the comic book. Oh, that's too bad. Um, so did yeah. You, the did you read the comic book? No. And that's why it's too bad. Because I... <laughs> Well, it'd be nice if one of us had. Um, <laughs> no, I did not. I knew about it. It was spoken of a lot. I remember there was a lot of like older kids like bitching about the Ninja Turtles. I liked me like it was way darker in the comic book. And I assume they're probably right because comic books, you know, weren't catering entirely to like little kids. So right. it probably was a lot darker. Um, I'm told the comic book is good, but. I don't hear about it much these days, so maybe when the market flooded with all kinds of great material, it became a secondary option. Um, but yeah. I'd say, I know that Brennan and I, the main influence on us for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the awesome cartoon that came out in 1987 and played like on Saturday mornings and on every morning on USA at like 5 a.m. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you remember that cartoon very well? I remember that very well. I used to always watch that show. It was one of my favorite shows and I was like an obsessive like teenage mutant ninja turtle fan as a kid like I I watched the comic books I had all the action figures I I just lived and breathed like ninja teenage mutant ninja turtles how many times were you ninja turtle for halloween at least once at least once or twice yeah okay i think i was oh. once or twice myself what um, who is your who is your turtle uh, I was hoping to build up to this, but since oh, you asked, no, that's all right. Like I, if you I, like, describe yourself as a Ninja Turtle, that's, you know. Let's, let's play a game. Me. Let's play a game. Okay. Which one do you think is my favorite? I'm going to say Raphael. Raphael. <laughs> What's your <laughs> second what... guess? Leonardo? No. Oh, Leonardo what? is the worst. All right. Michael, it's Michelangelo. No, it's Donatello. Donatello oh, Donatello is the best. He has... We'll get to this too. He has the best effing weapon in the video game, first of all. Secondly, mm. he is the smart one. He always invents all the cool shit for them. Like he built the the turtle copter or the turtle blimp, I mean, and like yeah. the, the street sewer racer. Like he is, he's the genius behind it all. Like Leonardo is super lame. Like he's always like, come on guys, let's go train and like, you know, work out. And like Michelangelo is just kind of a goofball. And Raphael was like kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's why I thought you'd be Raphael. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know um, a lot of people that say Raphael is the best, and they, they like him because he's edgy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, they're like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know? Yeah. I mean, How edgy I was, do you to be? Yeah. But who was I? Who do you think I, my favorite was? Probably Michelangelo. Yeah, I mean, it's basic. That's like the basic answer, right? Like, well, he was I my like second favorite. The nunchucks are 
probably my favorite weapon of the four, I, I think. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. So this video game, do you want? Do we want to get into that right now? Is that what yeah, we're we doing? Should. We're doing a podcast about it. <laughs> I don't. I remember playing this game. I don't remember ever buying it. Or do you have any memories? Did you own this game? Did you? Yeah. So first of all, we're talking. We're going to start with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part One. The video right. game came out in June of 1989. Um, mm. I definitely got it. Like. Shortly after it came out, I owned this game for a really long time. This was one of those games that it seemed like everybody owned. Um, you know, there's 10 to 15 games out there that, like, you go to your buddy's house and they had that game. And there's just games that, like, pop up again and again and again. This game in particular, because of the success of the cartoons, the action figures, and the film franchise, it, like, coinc like it coincided with success of the video game. So mm -hmm. there a lot of parents bought this game for their kids and it was effing impossible. Like this game was so hard. I didn't, I literally never knew anybody that could even beat the fucking damn level. Like you'd hear stories about like my cousin beat it this one time or something like that, but I never saw it in person. Not once. And the damn mm. level is level two, level fucking two out of like six. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I feel like I had to have owned this game, right? Like I wasn't, I mean, I'm five years old in 1989. My favorite thing in the world is Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So this, I had to have owned this game, but I, I just, I don't have like a vivid memory of having, owning it. Uh, well, probably because you never played it. Probably because you like, every time you played it, you died on the fucking dam and you would rage throw your controller into the closet and then you would play something else. Hmm. That's true. And this game, yeah, the game was impossible. I mean, it's known even now as being like a like a hard game. And, and I don't think it's known for being like, it's definitely not a good game. Like no one talks about this fondly and think like, oh, this game was so much fun. Like, you know, it, this game's impossible. Like I've watched people like speed run it and beat it, but like, it's not, it's not a fun game. And that's why I think you made a good point earlier, like why your favorite was Donatello in this game because like he had the longest reach he you could like use him to like hit people from far away and but even then like it if if you died with donatello then you had to play as like one of the other three and yeah. you're, like, you're tapping into something that i think is probably the most memorable part of the game and that's that when you played teenage mutant Ninja turtles part one you played as the whole foursome squad of turtles hmm. and it was really kind of a unique original thing at the time where you would control four different turtles. They had four different sets of health bars and four different diverse weapons. And one player mode controlled all four and you would kind of like press the start button or the select button and switch in between turtles. So you really had four turtles whose lives and weapons you could manage to navigate through the game. And again, in 1989, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and Brennan mentioned the weapon diversity and like Don, everyone knows Donatello is the best because of his reach. Like you, you could stick that bow through walls and through all kinds of shit and kill guys from a safe distance. And you're trying to kill some of those bad guys with fucking Raphael and his little like size. You're pretty much punching them. And if they touch mm -hmm. your hands, you get hit. Like it, Raphael was almost worthless in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I also say like the, the I mean, I don't think, was Michelangelo that much better? Because like his, his, like I feel like they were similar. 
the I've nunchucks made- and the sword for Mike and, and Leo were sh- definitely shorter than the bow, but they were better than Raph. Like Raph's <laughs> size were so small and ineffective, and they were only good at, for like a, a few certain enemies, like these like fucking fly things that would buzz around. Mm-hmm. And maybe a few other things, but no, you could you could win with Mikey and Leo. In fact, you pretty much had to because you had to save Donnie for the good spots. Yeah, that's 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 very true. Uh, do you remember the the special upgrades you'd get as you played and how impossible they were to find? And yeah, uh, there was like there was a there was an overmap, right? And mm-hmm. if you would go into a level or a building or a sewer, you would be taken to like a new area. And within those new areas, if you would play them through and search them out, oftentimes at the end, you would get like, there would be this little like blinking icon. Mm -hmm. And if you touch it, you could get like a limited number of a special weapon, like a spread gun. There was like this uh, sort of like sonic boom weapon that Mm -hmm. shot these little, like they looked like sonic boom from guile and Street Fighter. they shot these little like waves at people and there was like a ninja star or something like that. And they were really cool because they were projectiles. And you could yeah. stand back and kill some of the, the baddest guys with these with these weapons. The problem was they were very finite. Like they'd come in like 10, 15, 30 pouch containers. So you could only shoot it like 30 times. And for this game, 1989, with as many fucking bad guys as come back again and again and again and regenerate, by the way, like it felt scarce. Yes, it felt very scarce. And I don't remember like if if you just got hit did you just lose them i don't remember like the or if you could use them a limited amount of time i don't remember like the use of the of the special weapons but yeah i just remember i just never the amount of time i probably played this game like i probably just never got far enough to get weapons and then use and like use them did they were just so scarce and so quick like mm-hmm. you could find them in the in the sewer levels in the very first map which most most people could beat level one and I'm sure you did, and you got to the dam. Yeah. And so I'm sure you got these things. They, they're just so quick. Like, you'd get, like, 10 to 15 spread gun shots, and you would, like, blow them all in seriously, like, 20 seconds or less because there's bad guys everywhere in this game. It is one of those games where there's just, like, shit flying at your head everywhere. And the turtles yeah. aren't particularly agile either. Like, not at yeah. all. Oh, and when you jumped with the turtles, like, they would, they would like, f- do this weird, like, floating, and you would, like, have to, like... I mean, they would, you could land them pretty precisely, but they like were really slow in the air when you jumped. And so like, and if you're jumping around a lot of things, like there's things above you and the side of you, like you, if you hit them, you would take a, you'd take damage. And it was just so frustrating. And sometimes if there's too many people on the screen, like it would just slow down like so much. Like, yeah, uh, there was lag and, and Brennan's right. There was just bad guys everywhere. And the jumping was not consistent. And this mm-hmm. became a hell of a problem in like World Three, which no one could ever get to anyway. But there was like these little tiny, these little tiny gaps that you would have to like jump over in order to get to the next part. Otherwise, you'd fall down to the beginning of the level, and all the fucking bad guys would regenerate, and you have to kill them all again. And and energy was was so precious in this game that that was like a that was like a a death sentence. And yeah. the problem was you'd try and jump over these little gaps and your turtle would like default to the fucking spin jump or whatever. And you couldn't make it. You had to do like the quick jump to get over these, but it was the same fucking jump. Like it's, it's Nintendo. There's two fucking buttons. There's like attack and jump. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. There's, there's yeah. Literally two buttons. Well, I was just going to say one other really cool thing about this game. And I know we're, we're shitting on it a little bit, but a cool thing about this game was that your health was measured in pizza. Um, mm. 
Well, well, your health bar wasn't, but the way you could regenerate health, instead of finding like bundles of power or life or whatever, you would find boxes of pizza or slices of pizza, which was really cool. So if like you were playing with Donnie and you got weak, you could swap him out, play as Leo, and then if you come across like a pizza box, you could swap back into Donnie, get the pizza box, fill his life, and then keep kicking ass with Donnie. Yeah. Where would you find the pizza boxes around the overworld, right? Like you got them in the car. No, they were within the levels. They were within the levels too. Yeah. Yeah, they they yeah. were in the buildings and the sewers and all that shit. Um, you, you made a good point of <laughs> of the game genie. The game genie, I believe, I used it on this. I mean, who? If you had a game genie, you definitely used it on this game. What is your memories about using the game genie with this? Well, the the game genie was a godsend. Kids like me and Brennan owned. 10, 15 video games at around this time in society. And there was literally like more than half of them that you couldn't get past some part of the game. And for this fucking game, it was the goddamn level two damn. Do you have the music ready for that? I, I do. Let me... Uh, this let music me may, may send you into seizure, FYI. So in this fucking level, you have to navigate through a bunch of like electric seaweed and crazy like rotary things that are that want to electrocute you. And you had to swim through the whole level and disarm all of these little bombs or mines that were set to blow up the dam. Like your job is to like save the dam. And you're swimming underwater with these fucking turtles who don't swim particularly well. And for some goddamn reason, there's electric seaweed everywhere in this goddamn dam. Like who, who grew that? How does that even... Who, what is that? And it was time, so you could like drown or something, I think. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, it was impossible. It was I, was, I was a good video game playing kid. I've said that a few times. I'm not saying it just be, to like pump my chest out or as if anybody would be that impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like I was really good. I could not beat this game. Did you ever beat the damn? I I don't believe so. Not even going back to it as an adult. I'd never really tried. And when you when I played that music, you were like, "How annoying this music is!" I don't even really know it that well because I never made it to the dam. Like I probably just it was one of those games you would literally put in and you'd play for a little bit. Like you'd you have a friend come over and they would probably you'd have it and they'd want to play it. Like oh, you have Teenage Mutant Turtles, let's play it. But then you'd play it and it was so freaking stupid. You just put in like mario 3 or another game just to like play something that was actually fun <laughs> yeah uh, Brennan, brennan's pretty right um back to the game genie story though so at some point maybe 10 11 years old the game genie came out and was being marketed i remember me and my buddy kip both like bought one and the game genie again was a godsend because it helped you get through levels by giving you like infinite lives infinite energy uh always keep your awesome weapons as an example in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like and they were all specific to the game yeah the game genie was this really weird device where you'd like put it on your Nintendo game like uh on the edge of it and then you would yeah, slide the game genie and the game into your Nintendo but then you couldn't press down which always tripped me out because you had to when you inserted a Nintendo game without the game genie you had to press down to lock it in but with the game genie you didn't you just mm. slid it right in and it would it would start going and with the help of game genie and a few select codes and only with the help of game genie, could I play through this game? And I would say that I don't know how enjoyable it would be for you today, but when a game 
kicks your fucking ass again and again and again as a kid and you feel like you have no power and then one day you get the game genie and you get the power to go through it is fucking vengeance like you go through like like this game has raped and murdered your family like you go through and you destroy fucking everybody and you have you don't feel bad about it at all for cheating you're like no fuck you shredder fuck you metal turtle fuck you all you stupid goddamn foot soldiers i am gonna kill you and rape you in this game <laughs> um wow that that's aggressive and graphic. Um, and, gra and very graphic uh yeah i mean i yeah i never use a game genie that much on this game but uh and I'm looking at the codes for the game genie now, and I kind of remember this is that the the game genie codes were only a little bit useful. Like I'm, I bet they were useful to like get through the game, but like looking at them, there was no like invincibility code or anything like that. The the one the two codes that that looked the most useful were immune to most damage. Yeah, and I believe that immune to most damage meant all to to all of the. The, the enemies on the screen but then i think the bosses still inflicted damage no. and is that not true am i wrong on that you're wrong there you if you input that immune to most damage code you are safe from like 98 percent of the things in the game there's a couple of things that still kill you like there's these spike pits mm. they're like automatic death which comes in like level four i think and okay. there's there's one other thing that's escaping me but no with that code that you just mentioned most people can can safely get through the game. Gotcha. And then there's immune to non to non killing seaweed. So yeah, so that was the second one I would put in that swimming part. Yeah. But so so yeah, the game genie was essential to beat this fucking game. And you know, as much as as popular as this game was, and as much as everybody like bought it, I, I everyone hated it or was at least driven mad by it. And uh, we talked about Donnie being really good. You know. In addition to this game being really hard, it was also confusing. It was like mazes. Like the overworld had a bunch of entrances and exits that took you to buildings or sewers that were completely inconsequential to finishing the level. And with such limited amount of energy and so many perils, you couldn't afford to take the scenic route in this game. Like you needed to go like the, the most efficient way possible to get through the fucking level. And the overworld was a maze on purpose. And level one had a little bit of that. It had a few like worthless buildings. Level two wasn't. Level two was linear. But then like level three and four were complete mazes. And I, I to this day, I have no idea who the fucking developers were that made this game and could sit down and beat it. Like who? They think of all the manpower and energy and and music design that went into designing six levels of a vast, you know, and complicated game with with character diversity, level diversity. And and yet no one could fucking play but two of them. Like it's, it feels like such a waste. And and where's the where's the leadership in this? Where's the Nintendo guy? Where's Miyamoto saying, "Hey, this is way too hard. Like let them use continues at least. Let, if you if you could just fucking continue on the damn level, then you could play it again and again, and then eventually you'd beat it, and then you could continue on level three again and again. And then you like that's ah, uh, give us something, you cruel, cruel bastards. Yeah, that's what I remember the most about it, is that if you died, you just had to restart the game. Like, there was no save points. Uh, there was a cheat code where you could, it, in the beginning of the game, you could put in, like, a down-down. It was, like, down-down-down, right-right, right-right-right. I'm reading it right now. And then BA select, 
start select or whatever. And then you could do a level select, but I didn't know that. Oh, I and never knew that. That would have been really useful. Oh, uh, I missed that Nintendo power. <laughs> um, but this game was developed by Konami, which has which created the Castlevania series, Contra. Silent Hill, Contra, Metal Gear Solid. But the le- the level of difficulty for this game doesn't equal like I mean Castlevania and Contra were I mean they were difficult games, but they were at least fun to play. Um, this game was this. I think this game is. Te- I feel like it's broken. Like I don't feel like this game should have been released like this. Well, I I knew this guy in the San Francisco Bay Area a couple years ago, and he was studying game development. And I asked him this question. I said, how come so many games came out when I was a kid that were so goddamn impossible to play? Has this been discussed in your program? And he said, actually, yes. And his answer was that at the time, in like the late 80s, early 90s, the demand for these titles was so high, there was no there was no incentive to make them playable, beatable, any of that. You, I think everyone knows the story of the, the really impossible to play shit ass Atari game ET that pretty much bankrupt the goddamn Atari. Well, that, that general sentiment kept going on for several years. I would say probably until super Nintendo Sega got into their console war, because before that you could, you just make a Nintendo game, put cool cover art on it and people would buy it or they'd rent it and they wouldn't know any better. And there, there was no recourse. We thought this was all there is. We didn't, we didn't have all these standards. You know what I mean? It was like, man, that's just a really hard game. Maybe I'm just not that good. No, it was a poorly designed game, but we didn't know the difference. Yeah, it, it, totally. I mean, it totally was just a, a, a bad, a bad game. Uh, so you had, wanted- all these, you had all these developers yeah. trying to get their games to market, you know, and, mm. and that was it. And it didn't matter. They just, well, and yeah, and you can't update them. So you couldn't, there was nothing to like, you know, if they've sent out a broken game, you weren't going to update it or anything. So uh, that's interesting. Um, I will say, I want to do, I want to, I want to throw back Adam to our very first show we ever did on the Super 90s Brothers. Do you remember what that show was? Tell me. It was The Wizard. And if anybody remembers The Wizard, there's a scene where Christian Slater and the dad, um, Bo, um, is it Bo? Bo Bridges. Oh, Bridges, they are playing video games and like they're like traveling across the country and finding trying to find their the, the kid. Um, and they're playing video games in like the hotel room. And the dad's like stays up all night and is playing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I, you can speak on this better, but he wasn't actually playing it and he looked like a he looked like an idiot playing it. Um, <laughs> it looks like he was having like a epilepsy episode. And, and <laughs> no offense to those with epilepsy, of course. Anyway, he was playing the game at like 3 a.m. at night on the end of the bed. And Christian Slater like wakes up from the bed and he's like, Dad, what are you doing? And he's like, I, I tried to get the, the tightrope and I just beat the mega turtle. And he's jumping around the room like, like, like someone with a disorder, like I said, and then it like cuts to the game and he's literally in like the end of level three. This fucking bastard fat idiot dad has somehow beaten the dam on like the first time he's ever played Nintendo. Let me just tell you what a slap in the face that felt like to all the little kids like me and Brennan. Like we're sitting there and we're like seven, eight years old. It's like, we're not like the smartest people in the world, but we know that's fucking bullshit. Like don't try and pull the wool over eyes on that. No kid bought that. Okay. Not a single effing kid that had played that game thought that dad did that. That That's true. I mean, I, I definitely did not ever believe that anyone could ever beat this game so even the cool cool kids who said they could beat it like there's no way they were beating this game uh there's probably that was probably like a school ground like 
legend like ooh that kid over there he's beaten teenage ninja turtles it was never even that in my school it was just he's beaten the damn level (laughs) (laughs) i never knew anybody that claimed to have beaten it and i like i had a friend who said like he'd seen his cousin beat it once and i i believed him i'm not saying it's impossible to do it but think of think of how i've hung on to that memory I'm like 36, and I remember the time my neighbor told me his cousin beat the damn level in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. So think of how monumental that would have been. It would have made history. I mean, it'd probably make the local paper. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you ask a question, does this game hold up today? Well, I mean, I think we've answered that, haven't we? <laughs> I, we absolutely have. It does not hold up today. No, unfortunately, um, no. If you're going to play it, on an emulator or a ROM or something like that with the game genie, I do think it's a fun enough playthrough to to beat it like once. Like I beat it like maybe a year ago with the game genie. And I, I would say that I pick this game up and beat it probably once every three years or so with the game genie again to just exact my fucking revenge. <laughs> um, that's, I, this is a good segue because luckily during this time of playing this shitty ass Teenage Mutant Turtles game, at the same time, an arcade game was released. An arcade wow. game called the same name, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I don't know if I, you didn't mention this in the notes at all, but I want to talk about it because this arcade game existed and it was like everywhere. I remember I was living in Nashville at the time and I, in Walmart, there was like, a little tiny arcade spot and you could go and this game was and but i remember seeing this all the time like seeing this arcade machine and playing it and it was beautiful because it was and it wasn't this that stupid nintendo game uh do you ever remember playing this on arcade before we get into the the nes version yeah i mean like you i loved arcade games i loved going to the arcade my mom was in a bowling league forever in fact that's how she mm-hmm. met dan my stepdad was that bowling oh. league and every like Wednesday night or whatever, we'd go down to Sacoma Lanes in Federal <laughs> Way and she would do her bowling league and I'd have to go because they're not going to pay a babysitter. So I'd have to go hang out at the bowling alley and there was this arcade there mm-hmm. and there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 and there was Mortal Kombat and there was this other game called like Gun Commando or something that was really cool. Those are three I remember. There was like Pinball and a few others. So we played the fuck out of these games. like and Oh, and The Simpsons. And those were to this day are all my favorite arcade games because those are the games I played all the time at this bowling alley growing up. And by the way, there was this one like fat older kid who thought he was really cool, but he was like kind of a, he was like a nineties bad white kid with a mullet, but with like a little Raiders jacket, you know? And he was like really unattractive and he was like the bully alley owner's son. And so he was always there like playing the arcade games for free and then bowling for free and so he was like like the best bowler in like the junior league which i played in and he really thought he was hot shit and it's like at the time i was like wow that kid's hot shit and i grew up and i was like man that kid's such a loser <laughs> like it's one of those things that where your perspective completely changes on somebody's like well that kid grew up in a bowling alley <laughs> <laughs> oh and, and i wouldn't talk shit if that kid wasn't a dick by the way <laughs> uh well i mean yeah i remember this Remember the arcade game, and I just remember people always being always playing it when you when it when you went to the arcade. Like it was a hard it was a hard machine to get on. So uh, you did play the arcade version even before it came out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, I definitely played it before it came out a couple times. But like it, but it also like I probably didn't get very far because it was 
quarters and you probably only had three lives. And so I probably never made it very far because I was, you know, five years old. Right. Um, they, they released it for the Nintendo in 1990, and it was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, colon, the arcade game. To remind everybody, this is the same game you played in the arcades. And, you know, there weren't too many examples of that at the time, like really good arcade games. They got ported to NES, and they did it right. Mm. Yeah. It, that, I mean, that's fair. Like, it was very, very, very... It, I mean, it mimics the, the arcade game pretty much perfectly except that the the graphics weren't you know as good but it didn't matter because it was so much better than the original than the first one and it felt like an what a ninja turtles game should feel like to play speaking of that some of the tmnt2 music That's what I remember. Oh man, that sounds so much better than the other stuff. Well, let's get into it about about this. How so? We already talked about how old we were when we first played it. I mean, we're we're five or five or six, I guess. Um, when did you get this game, Adam? Because this was like a this game was a a monumental time in my life. Right away, I got it right away, like that Christmas or whatever. Like when mm. it came out, everybody wanted it. I remember, I remember like getting it. God, I was. I have this really specific memory of this game and I'm trying to think of how old I was. I was in first grade and I was on my first year of like uh, non T-ball baseball. So I'd played like one year of T-ball. Then this is the next year when it was like coach pitch, you know, mm-hmm. and um, at the end of the year, so that would have been in the end of the spring. So maybe like May or so we all went to like the coach's house and the coach's kid was on the team and we all like stayed the night in his basement and we like ordered pizza. It was like our team party, you know, mm-hmm. and like all night, all we did was play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. We played it literally all night. And I remember like in the next morning I woke up and kids were still playing it. That, yeah, I remember, oh God, this game was just so much fun to play. Like, cause you could pick who you wanted to play. You didn't have to, you know, you play through all four people and it was just it was just a you could and you could play with your friends you could do couch co-op it was you know only two people but it was that was what was so much fun about it It was like you could play with a friend and you could get through this game and beat it it wasn't yeah. like a game you couldn't get through yeah i mean i got this game oh man i don't know if it was christmas or i, I was trying to find the date of which it came out it only says it came out in 1990 and i can't find the actual actual date I got it either for my birthday or Christmas and it was just, it was one of those games that just like, it, I was so, I was so excited to get, like I probably opened it up and like, was just, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel right now, like just getting, like getting chills is thinking about opening a Nintendo game. Oh, that's like, there was nothing better than opening a video game on like a birthday or Christmas. It really was special. Like you, you, you realized you got this gift of just hours and hours and hours of pleasure like, like, oh my God, it's something that you'd keep forever, you know? And, and, you know, that was our world back then. Like video games were like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, so what was your favorite part of this game? Well, I think you said it, the co-op mode, or as we used to call it, two players at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would usually want to be Donnie. Um, and then someone else would be like Leo or, or Mikey, but you know, this, <laughs> this one part two, it didn't matter nearly as much. You could be all four characters and be 
I think they were exactly the same, like the way that they swung the parameters. I, I don't know that there was really any material difference in any of them, um, at least not worth mentioning. So the character were balanced out much better than part one. Um, and everybody liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if you were me and Brennan's age at the time, like six years old, like through the age of like eight, nine, even 10, we were all watching that cartoon. We were all watching the movies. We were all playing with the action figures and you damn sure believe we were playing the video games. So it was like this immersive world. Like we were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We, we were, I, this is, yeah, I was living in Nashville and it was just, it was, yeah, my whole world. Uh, I definitely, the most memorable, memorable part for me was just that first level and, you know, playing, it was the burning buildings of first level, right? Yeah. And it was just, yeah. And then you go and you beat, I believe it was, was it Bebop or is it Rocksteady? It, uh, it was one of the two. You beat them and then you jumped out of the, they, then April O'Neil got like Shredder kidnaps April O'Neil and then, then you go through the next levels. And uh, yeah, it was just like, and each level was very, very unique. Like it went from the building to the streets, to the sewer, to the, I'm not sure what ha exactly what happened after the sewer, but they oh. were just so. Yeah, I can't, it was great. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm gushing too much over this game. <laughs> all right, all I did was talk shit about like Titanic, you know. So. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed our last podcast about Titanic, where Brent and I pretty much lambasted what's that guy's name Fabrizio for the entire time. So we hope you enjoyed that. But no, it's nice to talk about something that we both remember so fondly. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, was the fucking shit. And yeah. I never knew anybody that didn't like it. Um, I know it's the part one mini boss, but can you play that music while I talk about the part two bosses? So, yeah. go ahead. You would play... Bebop, Rocksteady, Baxter Stockman. Uh, I think you play Krang and then Shredder in the Technodrome. And there's, there was this other guy in the snow, and I, I'm not sure what his name was. There may have been a Gator, or that maybe that was one of the maybe that was part three. But anyway, these bosses were fun. They were fun. They weren't too hard. You would attack them in any way you could. But the the best way to attack them was with the jump kick. You could like mm. jump up. And down on them and then quickly jump away so you wouldn't get hit and it was that cool nintendo like gimmick where the bosses are their like color starts blinking more more and more rapidly until it gets to where they're about to die and it, like they're just constantly blinking like like neon demon or something <laughs> and then the blinking was like a sign of their health and at the end they would blink out and like explode or whatever which was you know it was just you could tell how far along in the boss you were so if you were like really down to like your last little sliver of life you could adopt like a like a protection strategy to try and stay alive and beat this fucker without losing one more turtle yeah uh, you want to hear something really funny that i did not learn until later in life was that if you press a and b together it did like that power move like where you like i, I just you press a and b together and you did a special move I knew you could do that in the game but i only ever accidentally did it and then it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't probably until I was an adult and played like on an emulator that I learned that, oh, if you press these two buttons at the same time, you always do that, like that heart attack. And I'm like, man, I was a terrible video game player. I never knew all these secrets that everyone did. I definitely never read like Nintendo magazine. So like, so I never got any of the secrets. And so 
I don't know how I didn't know, not know that because that was such a good move to use. Um, yeah, that was a good move. Um, another really cool move in this game was the levels were interactive. They had like signposts hmm, or yeah. like fire hydrants or all kinds of things that you could go attack and shoot something off in the other direction to take out foot soldiers. Do you remember that? Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah, it was because, yeah, from, yeah, there was someone, there was, yeah, all the interactive pieces. There was a lot you could, there's that wasn't too much, but you you could tell what could be used and what couldn't be used. So it was enough. It, it came yeah. up frequently enough. It didn't feel too scarce. I remember when you're playing co op, it was always kind of like a race to see who could kill a bad guy with it first. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you always were trying to get to the because you were, I mean, there was an element of, competitive competitiveness to this game like because it gave you a counter of how many people you killed and you didn't want to be the kid who like played with one guy who like totally like you wanted to be equal you wanted to make sure we, we were like you know having like you weren't someone was lacking you know do you i remember always trying to like kind of compete always wanting to kill the most people yeah i i remember you i was usually the best at this game when I play with my friends because I owned it and I played it a lot and I was good at it. But I, I played it with my wife maybe like three years ago on my mm -hmm. emulator. So I put on like infinite energy or something so she could like play through it. It was just like one of those like weird situations where I convinced my wife to play video games which like never happens. And it was like that. Like by the by the end the counter was like and she was like, how do you kill so many more than me? I'm like, well I'm good. <laughs> and you're over there attacking a snowman that doesn't like it isn't real. Like <laughs> You know? <laughs> um, so we've talked about how much we love this game. What was what are some of the dumb shit about it? Dumb shit about this. I mean, it, this is more of a criticism on beat em ups in general. But I mean, you you could jump kick, you could do your regular move, and you could do your power move, and then you could interact with the level sometimes. And part of interacting with the level and the competition to get there was just because it was something new. Like you're mm -hmm. doing the same two moves pretty much again and again and again and again. And so I'm not, I'm, I'm not bitching necessarily. It was certainly a lot of fun. I, I loved it at the time. And, and you got to understand that at the time that was still pretty cool compared to a lot of Nintendo games that you would play, which were total shit. They just like weren't very well made. So even though it was redundant, it was still really cool. But looking back on it, and trying to play it now, I'd say it starts to get a little thin once you get to like the third level or so. You're like, okay, this is like the same thing again and again. And, and you know, that's just, that's a first world problem because we have so many awesome kick-ass video games to play now. And that yeah. wasn't a problem you really knew existed back then. Yeah. You mentioned the the four-player NES adapter. And, uh, tell this story. and, I, and, I, and I, I looked it up just because I wanted to know because it was called the, NA, the NES four score. And... Only the coolest kids had this thing. And, but I do know the one thing about this thing is that it only worked for like a limited number of uh, NES games. So, our first Nintendo broke. Um, we blame it on, I don't know if you remember this, like this lore, but do you remember like the idea that rented Nintendo games had viruses? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not ever. No, I did not know that. That does not sound like anything I would uh, ever heard in my life. I'm it's real. I'm saying it was lore to us, right. like kid time, like yeah. in my school. So we believed that like Nintendo games could get viruses and they could infect your Nintendo, mm. and that was part of the reason why you had to blow in them. That was like one of the cures. <laughs> Long story short, our Nintendo 
this is well this was the story we had in our heads that we told people we rented too many games and the viruses got in our nintendo and it broke our nintendo and every time you try and play games it wouldn't work anymore so yeah. our first nintendo like went kaput yeah the christmas of like 1992 or so not too long after our first nintendo went kaput and after i had gotten my super nintendo so mm. i had been super nintendo in the meantime but that christmas my aunt and uncle got the family, like me, my sister, and my parents, they got us a new regular Nintendo. And it came with that four-player adapter thingy. And at mm. the time, like Christmas morning when I opened it up and it said that I had a Nintendo that could play four players on it, I thought I was like the cool I was gonna be the most popular kid in the world. Like <laughs> I thought that was literally the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And it came with this game called World Cup Soccer and Super Spike Volleyball. And mm. both of those games were four-player compatible. And I never owned another fucking game in my life for that that was. And I had all these other games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 that has four characters to select. And you would plug in the fucking adapter. And I had three friends over one time. And we're going to do it. We're going to play four players. And, like, we couldn't fucking do it. And I couldn't figure out why. And my friends, like, thought I was doing it wrong. I thought I was stupid. Like, I didn't understand my equipment. But, no, they just decided to give you a fucking four-player adapter but aren't compatible with the most, like, popular games. Great move. <laughs> Looking at this list, there's literally like only 25 games on them, and I probably played two of them. One of them was uh, Smash TV, and oh man, I don't even and Gauntlet Two, and maybe Bomberman Two. But oh, other than that, Smash TV would have been fun with four players, but I actually never owned either of those. Yeah, so like there wasn't there was yeah there wasn't any games worth really having this adapter for what um, else was such adapter it didn't come with a list of games that it was compatible for it didn't like say seek out these 25 games like you know what i mean that would be something you could look up on the internet had the fucking internet existed but it didn't <laughs> right. it didn't uh, know so you just didn't play them yeah so i mean other than i mean yeah i mean so like this i feel like this game paved the way for a lot of beat-em-ups like there was a lot of beat-em-ups like uh double dragon was you know a really popular one but i mean you're right the rest of the rest of the teenage region of turtles that came out after this were beat em up games and you had a super nintendo then so you you had to have played you've had to have turtles in time which was a superior um superior ninja turtles game i never owned it but my one of my best friends kip did and we played it all the time so i was very familiar with it definitely beat it um I guess if I'm being honest, I sort of aged out of beat-em-ups. Mm. I, I they were never really my thing. Again, the redundancy. I felt like I'd get bored playing them. And, you know, it's cool when you have friends over when you're playing beat-em-ups, but, I mean, 90% of the time you're, you don't have friends over. So, Do you remember playing the third iteration of Teenage Mutant Turtles, the Manhattan Project? Yeah, I never owned it either, but my friends did, and I played it a lot. Um, that one had w one of those power move gimmicks where you'd use your power move, but you'd lose a little bit of health. Yeah. That was the only thing that's really different about that one that I that's material that I can remember. Otherwise, it was laid out and played out very similar to this one. Yeah. Looking at the list of like games that came out, it was kind of all over the place. Like These games would come out a year after a year, after year and... And then the Super Nintendo came out and like, I think I just forgot about this game because I don't know why I never played the Manhattan Project. Like, I, I think it was a game I rented, never owned it. 
um, which seems weird that I wouldn't have ever wouldn't have would have wouldn't have owned it. So I feel like it came out right when Super Nintendo was getting good, and like yeah. it, yeah, it would have almost been a step back for us. Well, I didn't get a Super Nintendo till like 1995, so oh, well, I mean, you have no. I have no excuse. I just, I just, I don't. You know what's weird is like I never had a. I had a Super Nintendo like the year before the 64 came out, and so a majority of my life was playing the NES. Like, I mean, and I didn't own many games, so I was pretty much playing. Must have been playing the games over and over again. Either that, or I was like playing at my friend's house a lot more like, so like super mario 3 and what else over and over again i mean super mario 3 was i mean that was the game i played the most uh zelda um i played the original, a lot the original, zelda, the original and the sequel i had both of those uh and i mean and then this game i mean and, and, i mean teenage ninja turtles 2 like i played that a lot like it was like a heavy rotation of probably super mario 3 and teenage ninja turtles like i'm I'm trying to think of anything else from the Nintendo that I like, like played a ton. Um, Dragon. I had double dragons. I never played those that as much. Yeah, it was it was a heavy rotation of these two games, really. Oh, like the double dragons. Like, and then I would, but I was also playing battle battle toads. I played a lot of battle toads, but like that uh, we've talked. I think we've done that as a show. Um, or, or we haven't because we can't talk about it because it. We, I could only really get through three of the levels. Other game. <laughs> hard uh and yeah i mean i was i was a i was a video game renter like we rented video games we didn't buy many games uh yeah. I, I had i had my i had my like my my small library and then every friday night we'd go to blockbuster or hollywood video and we would rent a couple movies and i'd get a video game yeah, i seem to remember games being like 30 to 40 bucks to purchase but they were like two dollars to rent and in like the early 90s, when there's a bunch of games that are total shit, it was a better strategy to rent. It, it really was. And you, yeah, you could, it was a much better strategy. And, but like, I wish I would have owned more games and I wish I would have kept them too. Like, I wish I had all that, all that stuff still. I know you, I know you're a, you're a, a keeper of games, aren't you? You've brought this up before. I, I oh. gave all my Nintendo and Super Nintendo items to Goodwill when I moved to California. Why? You could have given them to me. I would have, I would have held on to them. Some kid might get them and enjoy them. Honestly, I had this bullshit like Hallmark movie plot in my head where like <laughs> this little poor kid and or this little poor kid's mom would go there and it was going to be a tough Christmas because I donated them like like right before Thanksgiving. So like yeah. Christmas shopping season and some poor mom was going to go there and she's like, I know it's a tough Christmas, but look at all these old retro games I found that some nice man donated. And like, I know that's not what happened. I know some dickhead, like, like fat comic book guy from the Simpsons, like was there literally five minutes after I did it and bought literally all of them. And they're sitting in his like dungeon somewhere while he breathes over them with his like, you know, nacho cheese fire breath, you know, watching like the Jar Jar Binks episode of star Wars. <laughs> It really happened, but in my mind, stupid altruistic Adam, like naive Adam, believed it could do somebody some good. Well, that's nice of you, Adam. Um, so, I mean, I think we've answered this. Does this game hold up today? I think it does on 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 a couple of levels. Like they've, you can play emulators of the original arcade, which the original arcade is amazing. There's those like one-up cabinets that have been getting released. Like you buy them, and they were like it's just one game in a this like small cabinet Teenage Mutant Turtles arcade version is in there. It has like a couple versions, the original, 
Turtles in Time, and I think a different one, but you can play online too, um, which is interesting. But it costs five hundred dollars, and I'm not spending five hundred dollars on a on a cabinet that plays one game that's not even a full size cabinet. Yeah, that's lame. I think we we've mentioned this too, but I want to get one of those cabinets that has the the menu and it has like all seven thousand games or something. That would be amazing. Um, when I'm at Forever Home, I'm gonna buy it. Perfect. I'll come and visit. Uh, so what is the state of Ninja Turtles today, Adam? Yeah, what is the state of Ninja Turtles today? I mean, when you think of like, maybe they were the coolest, biggest thing in our lives from like 1988 to 1992 or so. And we're all these big super fans. And I know that they're still making cartoons and they get re-released. And there's been some live action movies and some like animated Pixar style type movies. And I don't know, I've never none of them have ever really stuck in the pop culture, you know, timeline like they did in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. I mean, my kids know who the Teenage Mutant Turtles are like Link and I Link does like he, he actually really likes the, the divert, the, the, the live, the, the latest live action ones. Like we have those and they're fun to watch. Like they're, it's just like transformers. Like it's this can't, it's like popcorn movie. Uh, but I have, I don't know if you know this. I have some really good news for you. Ow. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are rebooting the series, Ow. but yeah, he's rebooting it and it's supposed to, you know, they've always talked about that. <laughs> they've always talked because you talked about it at the very beginning of the show is like the, the original was very gritty and the, the comic books were really gritty and they were more adult and dark and apparently that what Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are going to do, they're going to do a little bit of, a, they're going to do a, like kind of bring them together and be going to be approachable, but it's still going to be. It's going to be you know, dark, violent, and gory for kids. Yes. So Great. I'm excited to. That's what you that. say when you're trying to sell hype, by the way. What's that? That it's going to be, have something for everyone. Yes. That's exactly what, I mean, I mean, that's what everyone tries to do nowadays, right? but it's it's usually bullshit and then you watch the product you're like that's totally a kids movie where's the dark gritty stuff and they're like well look at the shadows and that one shot you're like <laughs> i feel like every teenage Ninja turtle movie that, that has came out has always promised to be a little bit grittier and they they never are they never are exactly what you want so totally spot on. that is such a bullshit lie <laughs> um but you know, I'm i'm excited to uh see another version of teenage mutant ninja turtles it was uh such a big part of my childhood and it's probably going to be a big part of my kid's childhood. And it's just one of those, you know, it's one of those things that just hasn't gone away. It was, it was a fad in the eighties and it, you know, it's been around since it's been around for 40 years, almost uh, wow. started in 1984. So. So you have to be pretty old to like, remember be there since the beginning. You, you've got to be almost 40. <laughs> um, I was ready to die, to be put to pasture, to be put down. I feel like we have a couple more drops that we should have used, but we didn't use. But uh, we're going to play this one for you. Kawabunga. Hmm? Huh? Kawabunga! Well, if that doesn't make you more excited, you should definitely be excited because instead of trying to get into the movies in this episode, it sounds like we're going to do that in a future coming soon episode. So... Yeah. Uh, Super 90s Brothers podcast app near you. We will cover Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2, the movies. Ow! 
What about three? We'll talk shit about three and loosely okay. cover it for less than five minutes. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for that. But next week we'll be back with a very seasonal episode. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but we have some ideas. So uh, stay Go tuned for that. that. Go for that. Anyway, I wanted to I wanted to do an, a quick fun offer to our awesome listeners, um, and that's the the first person to review this episode and give us a, one of those awesome five-star reviews that we're always chasing and mention the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. If you live in the continental United States, we will buy you a pizza. Just like when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the game came out, there was like a, there were, and there was a giveaway where there was like a coupon for Pizza Hut. So you could like <laughs> buy the game that you would take your coupon to Pizza Hut and you get like a free pepperoni pizza or something. So anyway, mm. plug this episode in the, in the Apple reviews on iTunes, we will buy you a pizza to your location. Perfect. I love it. I I, I did not understand that uh, th- what you're talking about, the pizza giveaway to USA Listener, but now I understand it. Yeah, um, it was pretty complicated with a note like, pizza giveaway to USA Listener, what could it be? Um, and maybe if you're lucky, I'll find a uh, cassette tape of the Ninja Rap from, from the second movie that you could get at uh, Pizza Hut. Do you remember that? No, but we're totally gonna have that drop on our on our movie podcast. That's for sure. Um, I wanted to I want get the drop ready for dying in part one because I, I wanted to give you guys the sound you probably remember most about playing the piece of shit version Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles part one. Thanks for that. Thanks yes. for that memory. Heard that a, probably about a a hundred times in a thirty minute period. Uh, so anyway, uh, again, you guys can interact with us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. You can tweet us at mode or at super90sbrothers at Adam Pitzler. You can reach out to us on our Facebook and our Insta and leave us those awesome five-star reviews on iTunes, like I said. Uh, where else can they reach out, Brennan? You know, they can reach out to us on Instagram. We're at super90sbrothers on Instagram. I've been posting our shows on there at least. Um, so you could definitely slide into our DMs there. You know, other than that, um, please follow along with Speak Spokane. They help produce this show. And I'm very excited to be able to use this studio space to record this episode. And other than who's the show now at Speak Spokane? Have you have are the numbers in? The numbers are in, and you know, we're right up there. We're we're at the we're pretty much the top. And I will say this. Thank you guys so much for listening. In the last seven days, we've had over 400 listens on a handful of our shows and that is the most ever over a four-day period and it it's because we've been releasing shows on a regular basis and thank you as always for listening and please like adam said review us and subscribe subscribe to our channel so you can always know when the next super 90s brothers show comes out yeah subscribe even if you don't have time to listen subscribe it helps us um yes. <laughs> so yeah for Brennan pointer i am adam j pitzler this has been another shell shredding episode of super 90s brothers teenage mutant ninja turtle style we hope you guys stay safe we hope you enjoy your pizza be kind to your pet rat because it might grow up as do a human one day <laughs> peace guys This podcast was produced and edited by Speak Spokane.